Welcome back to the Deadology Podcast from Pencil Hill Studio, New Paltz, New York. I'm your host, Howard Weiner, and today is episode 17 of the podcast. It's November 29th, 2023, and we're going to Jerry Garcia Bandland for for this episode. Um, we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of a great show I saw at the King College uh, in Union, New Jersey. It was on December 13th of uh, 83, and that uh, led me to think, hey, why don't I just do the entire podcast on the best shows I've seen at Keene Well, I didn't see all the shows, but the best shows at Keene College, Wilkins Theater. Uh, special place attendance uh, seating capacity of 953. Uh, one of the coolest coolest places I've ever seen Jerry Garcia in. Um, it wasn't exquisite like the Beacon Theater, but yet it was it was cool, intimate. Um, you know, just great sound in that place. One of the most exciting, it was, it was just so exciting to be in there. It was like the, the air was fresher in this place. Wilkins Theater, man, it was special. And um, Garcia Band played there in 1980. Uh, those two shows, the Early and Late Show, were captured on the awesome After Midnight uh, CD, a 3D set, which came out in 2004. And then they played there in November uh the, the 1980 show is February 28th. Uh, two years later, they returned to Keene College. By the way, it's now Keene University. It has graduated, stepped up to uh, Keene University. But um, it was on November 15th, 82. They played two shows there, two very solid shows. And then a year later, on December 13th, uh, they played their final shows in... Uh, Wilkins Theater, early late show, and the late show was the standout um, from from the, from those two shows. So we're going to look at the two eighty shows and the late show from eighty three. So nineteen eighty February nineteen eighty, uh, probably one of the greatest months in Jerry Garcia band history. Uh, at the time, he, the tour started in, um, with the band he had at the time, it started in late 1979. Uh, obviously, John Kahn's on bass, Ozzy Allers on synthesizer keyboards, and Johnny DeFonsessa Jr. on drums. After this particular tour, which ended out, out west, um, I think it was March 8th, in, uh, in San Francisco, uh, Johnny died in a car accident, so this is his last hurrah in the music world. And Ozzy Allers, uh, this was after this tour, he did another tour, and that was it. Pretty much uh, Melvin Seals took over after that. So it's, it's an unusual band, but very memorable because in February of 1980, the Jerry Garcia band rocked. And this uh, After Midnight CD, the three-CD set that came out in 2004, is just a great, great example of how good they were in that month. Um, it may not be the best show of that, of that, of that tour, uh, but it was probably the best representation 
uh, that they could get on CD. It, it happened to be recorded uh, in great, pristine soundboard quality, which makes that After Midnight such a desirable listen. Um, I, I think there's probably a few, like the Oswego show from February 17, 1980. I think that's my favorite. Might be a little hotter. But the this particular show was just a perfect choice to put out on CD because all the songs are played so consistent consistently and just the excellence of the audio quality uh, made it like a, a no-brainer as far as uh, a CD release. If I was having a party and I had to play a Jerry Garcia band for people and I couldn't go song to song like a DJ, I just had to put some CDs in the... Uh, in the shuffle, in the shuffle mix, I would I would pick two things. I would pick the Keystone. I would definitely put a couple of Keystone seventy uh, three uh, CDs in there with uh, Merle Saunders, and then I would take a couple of CDs from this uh, After Midnight. It's that good. It's up there. It's Keystone quality. These, these to me, these are the two best official releases. Probably any kind of release for uh, the Jerry Garcia band. So let's jump into that night, February 28th, 1980. They open up with three great Garcia Band classics. Sugary, Catfish John, That's What Love Will Make You Do. I don't know what kind of three-song combo you could come up with that's better than that, but that's yeah, they, they were in heaven in Union, New Jersey, in the, the Wilkins Theater on that night, February 28th. Man, what a great... Three songs start, and then the band is just ripping from the beginning. Um, you know, the, I, I wouldn't put any of these versions like in a greatest ever category, but they're above average, which means they're great. Below average means very good. You know, <laughs> it's um, something has to be below average and something has to be above average. These are definitely above average versions, but nothing that would be in a greatest ever ever uh, conversation. And today, as I was, I was, I listened to this once again. I listened to probably this after midnight CD more more than anything else. Probably even more than Keystone for whatever reason. There's just something about this. You know, you got Garcia and Khan. You could hear them so clearly on this recording. Uh, this is like pure, this really is pure Jerry Electric because uh, you got Garcia and Khan, Ozzy, and a drummer. As I was thinking about this uh, podcast this uh, this uh, afternoon, I'm listening to Sirius Radio. I got Willie's Roadhouse on, and what did you know it? Johnny Russell's Catfish John pops up there, and I'm like, yes, man, such a great song. And th- this was like the genius of Jerry Garcia. He would find these great songs. To be honest, uh, most of us deadheads would never know of Catfish John if Garcia hadn't covered it. So Garcia had this way of just like hearing a great song and saying, I could bring this into my world, into into the Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia universe, and spread the love to people. And he did this with so many tunes. The song after this, That's What Love Will Make You Do, Little Milton. Uh, great blues tune. Another thing that a lot of us may have never had the chance to love if Garcia hadn't, you know, had the the, the the brilliant taste to pick these songs and expand on them in concert, man. And that's, I mean, that's part of what makes any artist great is being able to hear hear the uh, the beauty in other music 
and to expand upon it. And boy, did Jerry take these versions, you know, Catfish John from Johnny Russell's excellent version to take it into a different like 12 minute sphere and to make it maybe even draw you in more than that four minute version. It's, it's an incredible thing. And Jerry Garcia band should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. John Kahn should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I, I think Jerry Garcia could be put in um, as a solo artist, but he really should be in there with the Jerry Garcia band because there's few American bands that are anything like the Jerry Garcia band that have entertained so many people for so many years and definitely have been underrated. So we got the great Sugary Catfish that's what love will make you do. All good versions to to get this show going, and then uh, Jerry just throws that that beautiful hypnotic twist. You know, we got a rocking show, and then a simple twist of fate. Seventeen minutes of just that really melancholy feel of Dylan's song, really digging in, and uh, you got John Kahn's great bass spine tingling solo in there uh just yeah um, even though it was it was slow and it was long man garcia just did such an amazing job on that uh uh simple twist of fate and then uh f- then you would follow up with uh how sweet it is the most played jerry garcia band tune and uh this version here is that is pretty good but i definitely like the more soulful feel when either uh you know, like Merle's playing back in the day in the early 70s or or Melvin and you got the backup singers here you got no backup singers and uh so it, it's it's a good version but it's definitely it's it works best with a more soulful feeling but this was like setting up so far we have a, we have a great show five songs it was just like the perfect perfect setup for an avalanche of just incredible music Probably the best thing the Jerry Garcia band ever invented uh, followed how sweet it is. The masterpiece that closes out the early show. My favorite Jerry Garcia thing ever. Uh, Jerry Garcia band. Um, I would would have done anything to see one of these. I, I never even seen an After Midnight. But After Midnight, Eleanor Rigby, After Midnight. So you got like that the Grateful Dead segueing going on there in, uh, in the Jerry Garcia band. And After Midnight, just by itself, is such a powerful Jerry Garcia song. And then to take Eleanor Rigby in the middle, split it up, it just brought more power to the end and more focus on how great the end of After Midnight is. Uh, it's just, it's... Anybody who loves Jerry Garcia band, this this is the... The Holy Grail, After Midnight, Eleanor Rigby, After Midnight. And I interviewed uh, Ozzy Allers, um when I wrote my book, Positively Garcia. I think I wrote that about 10 years ago. I, it's a book I wrote about the best Jerry Garcia band shows ever. And the Oswego show was, was actually the one I put in the book. Um, and I also put like the Keen 83 Late Show in there. Uh, but when I was speaking, you know, we were talking about uh, the Eleanor Rigby, how that came about. And he credited John Kahn because John Kahn was such a great jazz buff. And it was, it was like a big goof to the band at the time when they used to do this. They used to like laugh about how they were jazz players when they would break into the Eleanor Rigby. 
But uh, yeah, so the, in, in the Stone Theater on January 20th, 1980, that was the first time they did the After Midnight, Eleanor Rigby After Midnight. And on that night, it was more of like a tease. They just kind of threw out the line. So it, you, it was called Eleanor Rigby, but it was just almost it was like they played around with it more than it was actually an Eleanor Rigby. But right after that, they developed it. And it turned out to be an insane little four or five minute jam. This one from the uh, the Keene Theater, it should be played on jazz stations. With the a lot, you hear a lot of different great Eleanor Rigby's. You hear one by Stanley Jordan and does a great one. This one from the Jerry Garcia Band, Keene Theater, nothing like it. It, sh- it should be there and uh, being played on uh, jazz stations. But uh, yeah, hey, so it's so on this one, like they do a great midnight. They're rocking out. And that road to Eleanor Rigby is just, it's incredible. The Oswego show I'm talking about, I think, has the best Eleanor Rigby, just Garcia's off the hooks going into it and going out to it like Segway heaven. But this one from the Keene Theater is more perfect. They just glide into it so nicely. It's it's a perfect version. And then when Garcia goes double time, it's it's like, wow, <laughs> how, how does a band, how does a band do this? So instead of trying to talk about it anymore, here's the where Garcia takes a double time in the Eleanor Rigby. And obviously, obviously this is an audience recording, not the um, After Midnight uh, soundboard, the official re- release, but it's great quality. It just goes to show you the awesome audio dynamics in the Wilkins Theater. Gorgeous, all the lonely people, and then they segue back into After Midnight, and it, it's so cool the way the Garcia band does this. Jerry, he just very kind of softly sings that last After Midnight because he's going to let his guitar do all the talking, and um, it always it made the it made the finale of After Midnight so much more dramatic when they just they, they used to play After Midnight straight through. But when you had the little rugby break, it just brought such a dramatic flourish to the ending of After Midnight. And the reprise here, this is the best one. No other. They they did this seven times, the After Midnight, Rigby After Midnight, between January and I believe March 8th was of 1980 was the last, last time they played it. 
this one from the Keen Theater is nuts. Jerry just like, you know, he, he goes off and, and he did a great jam and you think it's over. And all of a sudden he's like James Brown. It ain't over, man. Uh, Steve Parrish, bring out the cape, man, because <laughs> Jerry Superman, he just kept playing through these endings on this particular version. It would seem like it's reaching an end and somehow he would create a bridge to another amazing crescendo. And even when it's finally over and they're hitting the last notes, he's still like ringing every bit of energy out of the guitar. This is like a definitive Jerry Garcia rock god classic moment. So once again, um, my words ain't going to do it any justice. Here is Senor Garcia. Garcia in Fuego. 
February 28, 1980, Wilkins Theater, King College, Union, New Jersey. And there was more. There was a late show. That was the cool thing about seeing Garcia Band, Garcia Acoustic, the early late show thing. It was like, you got to go to both. There's no, no, like, we're going to go to the late show and skip the... It was, you were, the, you were in for both shows, man, because... Uh, uh, they both they, they'll both be great. Usually, the late show would have a little more substance, but on this occasion, in uh, Keen Theater, the the early show was killer, and the second show came close. Maybe not as great, but it was it was pretty damn close. So, uh, late show, open up with "I'll Take a Melody." For me, this is the best version ever of "I'll Take a Melody." Man, what a way to start! Jerry is singing so beautiful on this. And um, just the the guitar work, it's like that that the hottest I'll take a melody you'll ever want to hear. Uh, yeah, this this one's definitely n- number one for me. There's a, there's a lot of great ones out there. I love when uh, Melvin Seals uh, comes in. They do the, the little reggae thing and on future versions, but this one, it's just pure Jerry, almost up there with a the guitar, pulling off a song by himself. And um, yeah, also I would like to just mention that Ozzy Allers did a pretty damn good job in his uh, time with the uh, Garcia band. He this tour and then he did the following tour and he's a little bit maligned. I mean, he's got like a synthesizer sound. Um, A lot of times he would kind of follow Garcia's leads, almost like mimic what he did in some ways. And um Okay, he's not Merle Saunders. He's not Melvin Seals. It wasn't the exact match uh, that that we love for the Jerry Garcia band, but I think he did a pretty damn good good job, and you, you could hear it throughout this thing. I you know I just I, I I never got a lot of the criticism with him. You know he's he is who is who he is, and he brought like a lot of great uh, effort into the band. So I'm a, I'm a fan of Ozzy's. But hey, when when Melvin took over, that that guy was the the real deal, the right fit for the Jerry Garcia band. So uh, moving forward, after the great, I'll tell you, take a melody, tore up over you. Uh, another great song from Reflections, uh, that 1974 album. This 1980 tour, you got the best versions of tore up, and this one's right up there. I, I think the one from UMass on February 20th is the best version of tore up that I've ever heard. But this one is close. So you're you're the lean the late show in um in Keen Theater on this night. A best ever version of Melody, followed by a close to best ever version of Tore Up. It's crazy how good this is. So um, you know, things are totally trending in the right the right direction here. Um third song of the set, I'm not looking at the um I should be looking at the the set list. But I believe the third song is Knocking on Heaven's Door. Um, this is one, for all the great songs that Jerry Garcia band, we just complimented Catfish, John, That's a Love Will Make You Do, Midnight, Rigby, did, Garcia did yeoman's work for, for covers and bringing other songs in the spotlight. Knocking on Heaven's Door, I'd be at a Jerry Garcia band show and they'd break into it, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> it never got me that excited. This is a pretty good version but I just don't think it ever, the Jerry Garcia band versions never, it's, it's one song where 
underperform might be the wrong word, but just never the Garcia standard of excellence for making a cover version that more enticing. For me, it never worked with uh, Knock on Heaven's Door, even though this is a pretty cool version, as most of them are. just wasn't a song that I I got all that excited about about seeing. Um, But the, the next song up, Harder They Come was always killer when Gar- Garcia Band did it. Great ver- great version here. Um, even though um, it definitely could have benefited from the uh, Melvin Seals, the Soulful, and the backup singers. But yeah, this, this is a very cool version of Harder They Come. So right right at the first four songs, this is like almost an hour of music. You got Melody, Tore Up, Knocking on Heaven's Door, and harder they come, just uh, hey, this Union, New Jersey was in heaven on this night, man. February twenty eighth, um, memorable night for obviously anyone who's there, especially if they caught the early show. And then th- this is where where it get, like it, it really gets touching. The type of person Jerry Garcia was. Um, he split he, when he played what whatever Garcia band. His name was on the marquee, but he never took more money. He split everything equally with the guys he was playing with. And this has been told, you know, in many different, there's many different accounts of this. But when I interviewed Ozzy Allers, you know, he, he said this not only for the tour, but any album that would come out in the future, like this After Midnight album, Garcia did an equal split, which is, which is so unusual. It's just it's such a generous guy. And the reason I'm bringing this whole generosity thing is Robert Hunter was down on his luck a little bit at this time. Uh, Jerry invited him along to make some money, come join us, play play some tunes. Uh, he opened up a few a few of these shows, and he brought him on stage at this point after uh, Harder They Come. And they did Tiger Rose and Promontory Rider. And I'm, I'm so glad this was captured on the After Midnight CD because... This is, you know, this is probably the coolest Hunter thing ever recorded. I mean, he's got some great albums out there, but to hear the Tiger Rose and Promontory Rider, I just, like, I just want to jump up and and uh, dance every time. These are such great versions to hear Garcia Band playing playing these songs and bringing the most out of it. And Jerry is just fully into it, and the band is fully behind Hunter. And um, you know, hey, Tiger Rose. Tiger T, Tiger Rose, and Promontory Rider step off, and he's this. This is so cool. These these two songs uh, fit right in with the Jerry Garcia band. There was like no let up. It was almost like a an uplift to the show to have Hunter out there to play these songs. So a couple of great songs follow. We got six songs into the late show, and then as if Jerry's saying thank you, Robert Hunter, for all you've done for the Grateful Dead and the Jerry Garcia band. He plays Mission in the Rain, which is kind of Hunter's almost biographical tribute to Jerry Garcia's life up to that point. Uh, so beautiful to hear that, like, after the Hunter songs, man. Just just perfect, man. Great for this for this official release. And, um, you know, there, there was no encores at either show on this, but both these shows are just stocked with, like, the way the songs are lined up. Just perfect. And then after mission, uh, Cool Mission in the Rain, Midnight Moonlight. It's such a bittersweet song. You know, it's a, it's celebratory. 
you want to dance, you want to go swing dancing, and it's it's the greatest celebration. But there is a little bit of bit of sweetness to every time I heard Midnight Moonlight, it meant the show was over. So, yeah, so that's the way they they close the late show here. Very close to the early show, but this 3D set, this After Midnight, such a great representation, such a choice uh, thing for the Jerry Garcia band. Um, you know, one of the great albums, Jerry Garcia band should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, for sure. And if we need any further proof of that, we're going to move to the next show, three years later, The Late Show, King College, December 13th. 1983. I'll share my little personal tale with you from that December 13th uh, uh, day in uh, 83. So on that tour, great tour. So just to, to backtrack a second, 1983 was an incredible year for the Jerry Garcia Band. The best Garcia Band tour I saw was that summer tour uh, they where they played Cape Cod. I didn't see that show, but that's one of my all-time favorites. The two Roseland shows, they played The Chance. These were in June of 83. That, that That's the peak of the Jerry Garcia band experience for me. His guitar playing was nuts. Everything was just, you know, Jerry just, at this point in his life, it's like all he had, man, just to be poured everything into being in the moment on stage and playing guitar. And these uh, November, December shows were almost on that level, but not quite. Um, but to be the second best tour or the third, whatever you want to call it. Um, very great shows. There's a, there's a cool soundboard tape from November 25th, 83 from Cleveland. I'd recommend checking that one out. Um, then, he, then he came east. Um, I saw him in the Angora Ballroom in Hartford, uh, November 30th. I believe the date was for that, 83. Uh, Stony Brook, December 4th of, of that tour. That was that was almost right up, it's pretty much right up there with the Keen show I'm about to talk about. Uh, it just amazing. I think they did like a Don't Let Go deal, Rhapsody in Red, Tangled Up in Blue. Um, but it was all like medley style, man. It was, uh, that Stony Brook show was, was monumental. So that was December 4th. Um, they're, they're playing shows in between, but these are the ones I caught. Um, December 9th, Beacon Theater. That was the first time in my life I was in the Beacon Theater. It was like fourth row for the Jerry Garcia band. Early, late, man. You got to be there early, late. There's no other choice. Another great show. Capitol Theater, I think the date was the 11th. We were there early, late. John Shear's House of Pleasure, man, for a Brought in Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead so many times over the years. Um, then I believe they went up to, going over the top of my head here, I think they were in Oswego after that night. They did like a crazy road trip <laughs> and they came all the way back to Keene College. So I didn't need, I'm not even sure we were going to the Keene College show that day. We, um, Me and my friend Perry were discussing it. We found out about it. We didn't have tickets. So... I think Perry called up the box office and they had tickets available. I actually drove down to the Keene Theater like around noon, bought our tickets because it's once again, it's 953 seats. You know, it's going to sell out at least the day of the show. Um, I have no idea when it was announced, 
what was going on, but somehow there were tickets available. So I picked up tickets for the early and late show, the day of the show, 953 seats and tickets were available. So I, I jolted right down there. I got the tickets, came back. Uh, on the way down, we took my friend Doug. I think there might have been another person in the car. Freaking 40 years ago, I'm doing my best to remember, but they're, they're this, this was such a memorable night for so many reasons. So we, we get down there. Before the early show, hanging out, my friend Doug's packs a bowl of weed. We're standing outside this beautiful theater. We're actually like in the hallways of the theater. I'm looking at a Jersey uh, policeman standing not too far away. Doug lights up a bowl. I didn't have a right feeling about it. And I didn't even feel like getting high at the time, which is unusual in 83 because I was a freaking chimney of... uh, of marijuana smoke back in the day. I would always smoke. I would never turn down a bowl, but I turned it down. And about two minutes later, the cop came over and arrested my friend Doug. And this guy loves Garcia. I mean, they, they could have slapped any kind of fine on him, whatever. Just the fact that they took him away and put him in jail for smoking a bowl, he was going to miss at least the early show for the Jerry Garcia band. It, it was it was incredible. It was tragic, man. It was... uh. Uh, couldn't believe it happened, but you know, they they took him away. So we go into the show, early show, a decent show, but it definitely wasn't a great show. Um, you know, Jerry was almost seemed a little tired. Six or seven songs, encore, nothing was spectacular. A good version of second that emotion deal, but when I, when I visited my friend Doug uh, between between shows, I'm like, we were trying to get him out. We thought we'd get him out for the late show. They wouldn't let him out. There was a whole bail thing going on. So, you know, we're like, hey, man, you didn't miss anything. Don't worry. Unfortunately, I couldn't tell him the same thing after the late show. They didn't let him out. They let him out uh, like after midnight or something. I, I don't know what the hell they were doing, why they had this guy in jail. And they, they couldn't release him, you know, to so, so bizarre. But we had to leave him in there for the late show. So he missed the late show. This late show, just everything you, you would ever want to hear. Garcia Band played that night. So they open up with Cats Under the Stars. And Cats Under the Stars is the story of 1983 for the Jerry Garcia Band. So they come out with the album in 1978. To me, it's the greatest, well, obviously it's the greatest Jerry Garcia's uh, band studio album. Just a, it's, a, it's a brilliant work. It ranks up there with the best of the Grateful Dead studio albums, I think. Uh, they, they just really hit it on that on that album. Everything from the great songs to the way it was recorded in the studio, and the fact that the Jerry Garcia band recorded it. So, um, but but the weird thing is when they were playing these songs in 1978, uh, when Garcia got back to tour, he did um, I forget the name of the band in '79. Uh, he played with uh, it skips my mind at this time. Um, but then then um, they, they came back in 1980. It was like they didn't even recognize the songs the the only song from cats under the stars is kind of stuck in the rotation but was even played that much was love in the afternoon and it's such a powerful album i'm just wondering how those songs didn't make it into the rotation in 80 81 82 but in 83 garcia had some kind of revelation like god damn we got to get back to uh, these cats under the stars songs are incredible so they brought them all you know, brought most of them back into the ro- rotation Cats Under the Stars, Gamora, 
Um, you know, Love in the Afternoon was played more often. And the big one, Rhapsody in Red, which was just a killer, killer tune. But so they start off um, the late show with Cats Under the Stars. And that always brought great joy to the crowd. It's such a great song, man. That's, you know, that's, that is like the Jerry Garcia band song almost. It's like where After Midnight's the, the, the classic masterpiece just the the song that's symbolic of the Jerry Garcia band. You just picture the Cats Under the Star logo, and you hear that tune. Cats in the Limelight feels like it's all right. <laughs> so such great lyrics, and Cats Under the Stars is the embodiment of the Jerry Garcia band. So they open up with a very cool Cats Under the Stars, and there's nothing like a cat's catfish, man, right, right into the catfish, John. And this version is just... Man, it was like, this is rocking. This is like, you know, Melvin Seals is there pounding it out. Khan's doing his thing. You got the backup singers. They got the little kind of Calypso shuffle going on in the middle. It's just a much more advanced version than the one that was on the After Midnight three years earlier. And once again, uh, very hot. Once again, instead of me trying to describe it, here is a hunk of that catfish filet from December 13th. 
Mama said, don't go near that river. Don't be hanging around. Oh, Catfish John. Good stuff, man. And then this is one of, the, one of those nights. Every song is falling into place. Garcia's tapped into that surreal magic. Next song, Someday Baby, bringing us back to the Keystone. Uh, and... This was rarely played at this point. I think I, we saw it at the Beacon a few nights earlier. But um, this might have been like the second time I've ever seen Someday Baby. And man, Garcia was just on a roll. Man, The guitar work on this is just crazy. It was probably the, the, the best song of the night, Someday Baby. Uh, Garcia just ripping the blues soulfully. And uh, if you want to hear some of these versions, uh, my, my best... Um, Advice would be go to the YouTube page, my Positively Garcia page. I got the, I know I've uploaded the cats, uh, the, the, the catfish, and the Someday Baby. And I think there's also somebody else uploaded the whole show in one shot. So definitely worth checking this out. I wrote about this. This show is one of the greatest in um, my Positively Garcia book, which uh, kind of talks about the best shows from 1972 through 1984, which is very, uh, a, a different period in Jerry Garcia band than what moved forward. Uh, I'm not trying to say one's better than the other, but a different set of songs, and there was definitely more focus on Garcia's guitar work uh, in, in this period. So a spectacular version of Someday Baby, and then it's back to Cats Under the Stars, Love in the Afternoon. Twilight Time with the Kingston Lady. So they're going from some cool Garcia, California blues right into that funky love in the afternoon. Um, Definitely get that reggae kind of little shuffle going. Um, It feels like a chock full of nuts commercial. If you ever saw that in the 70s, I might be uh, dating some people here, but just like this crazy music that no other band could even imagine tapping into so it's love in the afternoon and then just once again this switch in tempo to close out the set with tangled up in blue um and and this one they rip i mean garcia is just tearing it up um save brought all the energy after the love in the afternoon then that nice little spiritual break in the music into just like a killer version of tangled up in blue uh, to end the set, so just uh, I never seen a set like that. The songs lined up, so it was one of those nights where everything's just rolling the way you want it to roll. 
And the, the late show, we got two sets here. More common to get two sets in the late show than the first show. It didn't happen at the after midnight show. They just played one set. But this this was like Garcia was like this was the last show of the uh, this Garcia band tour, and Garcia wanted to close it out with a with with, with a huge night. So set two opens up with Rhapsody in Red. My God, this this song. We only got to see it in '83 and '84, and I, I think they may have played it in '85, but it might have been out west. But just such a great tune, man. And every every time when they first started playing it, I wasn't too familiar with Cats Under the Stars. Uh, my Grateful Dead record collection uh, didn't include Cats Under the Stars at the beginning, so some of these songs were if they weren't played by Garcia Band and Garcia Band tapes, I didn't know them too well. So I'm at a 1983 show and they're playing Rhapsody in Red for the first first time I ever heard it. And I, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't Let It Rock because Let It Rock is such a killer tune. And it's the same chord riff going into it. And then they break into that Rhapsody lick. But man, did I learn to love Rhapsody. When they open up with the second set of Rhapsody here at King Theater, I'm going out of my mind. I'm like, yes, man, such a great tune. And this is a Cats Under the Stars night. So you got the Cats, you got the Cats opener, you got Love in the Afternoon. Second set opens up with Rhapsody. And Garcia's just on a tear like he was in Tangled Up in Blue. Unflinching. Blues. Rock. Uh, just the, the greatest guitarist in the world moving forward with, with like, as only Jerry can. And then he settles it down again, man. He's like, you know, let, let's get it. Let's get back into that spiritual realm, man. Gamora. But keeping it in Cats Under the Stars. So at this point in the show... We're about five in the first set, two in the second set. Four of the seven songs are Cats Under the Stars. So this was like a total uh, tribute to the greatest album Jerry Garcia Band ever did, but they never played enough of the songs on it. This night, is they did it, man. This is the Cats Under the Stars night. Uh, Garcia is the stripper, stripping time out of mind for you. But Gamora, man, such a... That song, every single time I hear it, like I'll be listening to the Grateful Dead channel, just the studio version will come on. Man, I just like it. It draws me in. It's such a great, great, uh, great tune. The biblical story, just a song of Gomorrah. The wife of Lot got turned to salt because she looked behind and just hearing the, the vocal exchanges between Jerry and whoever the female backing singer is, whether it's live or in the studio. Uh, brilliant stuff, man. Love Gamora. And this is the, like I said, this is the type of night where you're getting everything you want to get. You're not going to get a knocking on heaven's door here. Uh, they went right for the uh, jugular. Don't let go. And outside of after midnight, Rigby, midnight, don't let go might be the next best, you know, uh, thing to catch as far as uh, the ultimate Jerry Garcia band experience. And they rock, rock this one pretty good. I like the one from Stony Brook five days earlier. That one that is like totally up-tempo and crazy. But yeah, this this one gets a good jam going. And I mean, Khan and Jerry just got like these these riffs, just jazzy, crazy riffs going. Where Whoever wrote Don't Let Go, I, it skips my mind right now. I know it was, it was a hit in the 50s. I apologize for not having that info on me. But uh, whoever wrote the song... They could never imagine that it would get out there like this. So they're going into like this crazy jazz land, 15, 20 minutes in. 
And then it's been a long tour. Jerry's voice is a little hurting. Um, they zip into Midnight Moonlight. And once again, that bittersweet, you know it's over, man, but you don't want it to be over. Uh, th- this Jerry Garcia band was so cool. And they this for the next 10 years, it would almost be the same lineup. Uh, on the background vocals, you got Jacqueline LeBranch, Gloria Jones, obviously the incomparable John Kahn, uh, Melvin Seals. Uh, man, love that guy, man. He's the 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 keeper of the flame, man. The living heart of the Jerry Garcia band right now, still out there doing his thing. Uh, David Kemper on drums, man, and what a great job he did for the Garcia band for so many years. But um, yeah, that's it. Late show, Keene Theater, another beauty for for this crowd in uh, Union, New Jersey. It, it's just amazing how these Jerry rolling the town just make certain places immortal by by playing there. And this was six shows to die for. Three of them are are truly legendary. The After Midnight shows and this one from December thirteenth, nineteen eighty three. All right, that's it for episode 17 of the Deadology podcast. Jerry Garcia Band goes wild in King College in the early 80s, 1980 and 1983. Thanks for listening, folks. My name is Howard Weiner. Um, Positively Garcia Reflections of the JGB, Volume 1, available on Amazon and my website, Tangled Up in Tunes. I got a whole other plethora of books the deadology books all that stuff but um the jerry garcia band book i got a nice ozzy allers interview in there and my reflections on seeing the garcia band as well as the what i believe are the 13 best jerry garcia band shows from that time period and i'll be back next week i have a definite plan for next week 50th anniversary of a 73 show from cleveland that great cleveland show um, I just I keep that that one keeps growing on me more and more, and I can't wait to jump into that next week, December sixth, nineteen seventy three, fiftieth anniversary. Once again, thanks for listening. Praise be the Jerry Garcia Band. Peace out.